Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. It's Monday. (laughs) I'm excited because I had avocado this morning. (laughs) I was able to find it. Well, explain what, what the deal is, though. So apparently in Southern California, there is, it's the great avocado shortage of 2018. <laughs> you can't find it anywhere. It's a big deal. Signs, restaurants have signs saying, due to the shortage, we cannot find any avocados. Please excuse us or whatever. This is the North County bubble we live in, where the main topic of going out now is the shortage of avocados. Oh, I know. And then you go somewhere and they're like, oh, I think this place has avocado. And everyone goes there and then they run out of avocados. <laughs> it's a big farce. Well, it, I found avocado toast this morning. Very proud of you for that. And I found coffee. And coffee is what I really needed this morning. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, speaking of which, good morning. Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast. And before we start into our subject, which I'm excited about, I wanted to remind all of you that the holidays are upon us. And so if you go to our friend's company, theflowerofLife.com, F-O-L-C-B-D.com, and you go and purchase any of the amazing CBD things that they have, and they have a lot of amazing things that we use all the time. Yeah, the tincture is my new favorite. Yes, me too. Um, do yourself a favor, go purchase some for you and loved ones this holiday season. It's the gift that truly keeps on giving. And you can use the code Rebel and Muse at checkout for 15% off. And it's Rebel and Muse, A-N-D. Thank you for that very much. Yeah. But, and how is that? I, I actually remember to do that. I'm really excited about I'm that. I'm very proud of you, babe. Thank you. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> So today we're going to talk all about yin yoga and I'm, I'm really excited because I'm very, very passionate about the yin yoga practice. Well, you've been teaching it for years at the yoga studio as well. I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually have a training coming up. I train yoga teachers how to teach yin yoga as well. So I have a yin yoga teacher training coming up. Uh, the weekend of January 19th. I've done that workshop. It was, it was an incredible workshop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes. So yin yoga, um, let's just dive into it and go cool. back from, you know, the this history of yin yoga. Um, you know, back in, there's a book, a really old book. I think it's from the 14th century. It's called the um, Hatha Yoga Pradipika. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hatha Yoga Pradipika. And 11 out of the 15 asanas or asanas or poses um, in the book were yin-like. And at this time... Or as time went on, asanas became more active to build strength and boost health and vitality. But 11 of these 15 postures that are in this ancient book were long-held yin-like postures. And then we cut to the 20th century where BKS Iyengar, who wrote the book Light on Yoga, um, he talks about, let's just give you a a seated forward fold like Paschimottanasana. Mm -hmm. And he recommends trying to stay in that for 15 minutes. 
that's a long time. That is a long time. Really long. And he talks about hero's pose, virasana, holding that for 10 to 15 minutes. Interesting. Right. So this is not a, a new concept. It, this was, you know, back in the day, they, they talked about these poses for a long time. And in modern yoga, you find mostly, you know, hot yoga, vinyasa yoga, power yoga, ashtanga. Mm-hmm. And the world needs balance, I believe. In between the two. I think everything in everything. the world and the world needs balance. Yes. Right. <laughs> so in the 1970s, there was a man named Polly Zink. And he was a martial arts um, expert, okay. I would say, who practiced Tao Yin. And Taoist priests taught breathing exercises to Kung Fu practitioners. And Polly Zink created Taoist yoga. And now let me just clarify, there's no yoga in the Taoist tradition, but he kind of coined this... Um, this kind of a hybrid practice. All right. So what did the Taoists do if uh, physically if they weren't using uh, traditional yoga asana practice? It was more of a martial art. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And okay. so these long-held poses and this breath work, um, he kind of created a new, a new practice. Rad. I love all of this. Yeah. And then in the 1980s, Paul Greeley enters the picture. And Paul Greeley is the one that I actually studied under for my yin yoga training and certification. And you actually went to like a workshop of his to do this, right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's rad. So back in the 80s, Paul Greeley took classes with Polly Zink. And he really resonated with these long held postures. And he had an idea that he would create because he, he really loved it. So he created a yoga class that was all these long-held postures. And he offered it to his, his hatha yoga students that he was teaching. And people just loved it, right? So it was something totally different from the more active yoga, the, you know, the, the, yang. the vinyasa, the yang practice. And so this was a new concept. So unlike restorative restorative yoga, which could be viewed as yin-like, mm-hmm. and we'll get into the difference a little bit later, um, Paul's class was designed for healthy students. So not someone recovering from something, but for healthy students to bring their bodies into their um, optimal state, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. It was challenging. You know, yin poses are... You hold these poses for about three to five minutes at a time, and it can set you outside of your comfort zone for sure. When I took Paul Greeley's training, we held poses for 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, It was pretty intense. It's one of those introspective ones too. You know, when I do a yin class, I'm like, wow, it brings up all kinds of things to the surface by being in one. It's a lot of work just to be in one pose for that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, a mental practice as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I got a question for you if you wouldn't mind. So mm-hmm. if, because this is just becoming what it is, did Paul Greeley kind of coin the term yin yoga? Yes. Ah. So Paul had worked out the physiological and energetic benefits and, and pathways to health. And so he began teaching this to his students and one of his students, her name was um, Sarah Powers, mm-hmm. and they began working together. And she actually coined the term, her and him working on these these classes together, that coined the term Yin Yoga. And they did this because they weren't offering any of the Taoist teachings that Polly Zink was offering. It was just these long held postures 
and um, exploring, like I said, the physiological and energetic benefits of the practice. So they called it yin yoga to separate it from what Polly Zink had, um, had been exploring with Taoist. So what yin yoga actually is, let's just back up. So that's the history of how it started. Okay. What yin yoga actually is, is these long held poses. Everything is done on the, on the floor. And typically you're targeting the, about the mid thoracic spine down to the knees and sometimes the ankles. There are postures that get into the arms and the shoulders a little bit, but um, typically it's mid spine down, getting into the hips and the, the joints. And it affects the deep connective tissues of the body to, first of all, increases range of motion um, and energy flow. It gets rid of, you know, releases stagnant energy in the body. It stimulates lubrication of the joints and helps relieve tightness and chronic pain. But must, one of the most, um, the most amazing benefits of it is that it puts light stress on these connective tissues and because we don't want to really call it stretching we're not stretching our ligaments we're putting a light stress on it so that it creates more strength so just like the outer muscles let's say you use a um a dumbbell a barbell oh yeah either one of those a dumbbell a barbell yeah when you use that you lift that right for your biceps yeah you're stressing your muscle and you're putting stress on the muscle creating more strength Mm -hmm. well this is the yin part of that where we go deeper into those connective tissues add a light amount of stress on there so that we can create more strength. Ah, this brings up a good point. to the joints. This brings up a good point for me. When you're sh- like, let's go back to this dumbbell barbell thing. Mm-hmm. When you are stressing the muscle and yes, um, you will gain strength, but it happens during the recovery. Do you need to recover from yin as well to have these uh, strength benefits? I would say. Um, to recover. I'm yes. Not, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm understanding. Oh, like, okay. So like when like you have a recovery day, like you don't do anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> in a sense. So when you like, when you're stressing your muscle, uh, lifting a dumbbell or a barbell, um, it takes some time. So the muscle can grow back stronger mm-hmm. kind of thing. Does, do you have to have that kind of patience with yin as well? Oh, you have to have a lot of patience with yin. <laughs> oh, and so and so you can't really do a yin practice every day or could you? Oh, I see what yeah. you mean. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a little yeah, different. It's then. very, very subtle. Mm. So it's not as obviously young as, R- as yes. lifting a, a dumbbell or right. barbell. Complete. What's the difference, by the way? By what? the way. Dumbbell, barbell? Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I mean, you're not going to find a real answer here. I could make one up, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I does really anyone don't say that anymore? Dumbbells or barbells? It's just lifting weights, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's Tell really, you what, it's my a really good question now. is not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can actually implement this yin practice on a daily basis. Yes, I, I mean, listen to your body. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So it's because you're not going to the extreme mm-hmm. like you would with lifting weights. You're not trying to exhaust your body or what is it when you lift like the highest you can lift? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to an edge that is not your complete edge. So let's say you're in a forward fold Okay. and you're pulling yourself really deep into the stretch because it feels so good. Mm -hmm. That is not sustainable. You can do that for a breath or two, but to hold that edge in a yin posture is potentially harmful because you're in there for so long, 15 to 20 minutes. 
Yeah, in my class, it's usually three to five minutes. Right, right, right. But you want to go to a, a passive edge, and this is where the yin aspect comes into play. You're going to a passive edge where you're feeling sensation, but you're not at your complete um, stress edge. Ah, so then you just kind of allow your body to communicate with you. And yeah, it gravity will... does the work. Sometimes uh-huh. within one posture, you might feel yourself getting deeper into the pose. But that's why we use props to support um, a softer edge if necessary. Okay, I got a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when when we were taught to stretch, it was like, okay, let's warm up the body to to be able to get there, you know, to warm up, to go into these poses. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend that for yin poses? Like, should I do a yang workout before I attempt yin? Right. Um, so it's usually better to have a colder body. If you're so, let's go back to yang and yin. Okay. So the yang aspect of our our tissue would be the outer muscles, mm-hmm. our biceps, our quadriceps, our you know those outer muscles that you um, usually stretch. Mm-hmm. So these are more fluid filled. They um, they take a stretch very easily. That's mm-hmm. typically what you feel when you're when you're stretching the body. Right. The yin tissues are less hydrated. They're closer to the bone. They're deeper, further away from the surface. Okay. And these usually surround your joints. And the aspect of those are um, more hidden. They're drier, less pliable, more stable. So Mm. we have the tendons, the bones, the ligaments, the joints, and everything that surrounds the joints. Wow. And so these, when you are warmed up, your body will, your the stretch will usually go to those outer muscles. The outer muscles will take the stretch. When your body is cold, then you can bypass those outer muscles and get deeper into those connective tissues. So traditionally, we want to have a, a cooler body when we do these very, you know, quiet, safe postures. However, there is something that's kind of popular like a yin-yang yoga. So they do an active practice and then they sit, hit the floor and do the yin postures and that's okay too as long as you're not overstretching the body as long as you're listening to that comfortable edge and not you know letting ego get into play and say oh i can stretch deeper well that's it's, it's so funny because you know my whole life i've been heard of, no before you stretch you know you got to warm up your muscles blah 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 mm-hmm. whether that be like uh you know maybe doing like jump rope and then moving into it or whatnot or when you're starting a yang practice in um in yoga like you know just doing these sun salutations yeah to the the warm-ups that's what i'm trying to say warm-ups and then you you're able to do it so it's interesting it's it's like the first time i've ever heard no don't try any type of warm-up before you get into (laughs) these yin uh poses because it's doing something different than just stretching you're right Mm -hmm. this so to understand that yin is not stretching is it's you know it's kind of hard maybe to to understand at first but then after this explanation about what you're doing it's uh, it's becoming clear. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And so the benefits, I mean, there's so many benefits of our yin practice, but I'll go over a few of them. It okay. increases your flexibility and your range of motion, increases circulation throughout the body, releases fascia. You have great greater joint mobility. It reduces anxiety and stress. <sighs> Although Could... some people get really stressed out in yin, I have to say. <laughs> well, yeah, you're it holding. Is in t- it is yeah, you're holding a lot, and and it brings yeah. a lot of things up to the surface. Could you go back to the word fascia real quick and explain a little bit of that? Yeah, so they're connective tissue fibers that are made up of primarily collagen, mm-hmm. and 
they are in everything in your body. They encapsulate your muscles. So in in anatomy, when I teach anatomy, there's this, this saying, are there really about 600 muscles in the body or one muscle in 600 fascial pockets? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I know. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> Go ahead, continue though. So when you, every muscle is covered by it so that the muscles can um, rub against each other fluidly, mm-hmm. even your eyeballs have a like paper thin layer of fascia over it. Interesting. Yeah. And if you look online, there's actually some really cool photos of fascia that's outside of the body. It looks like a wetsuit. Like that's the outer layer of our, our fascia. Maybe we can put something on our uh, Rebel and Muse Instagram about it. Like just, yeah, just, okay. yeah, like a video the of it. Is this <laughs> Right. Well, okay. So when I was doing my teacher training, you showed um, the class, my class, uh, this video called The Fuzz. Yes. Is that what we're talking about? The f- um, yes, that is Dr. Gil Headley. Uh-huh. And I think it's just gilheadley.com. It's the fuzz speech and he's, and he's great. Can we link to that too? Because I yeah. think everyone should watch that watch video. Fuzz, yeah. It's, it just, it basically tells you that we need to move our body. Otherwise we're going to get, um, like fascial buildup and that's when you get frozen shoulder. So moving the body all the time is very important. And so when he's hilarious, it's like a five minute video. So when you see like, um, when you, when you see people that are advanced in age and they're walking stiff or, you know, they're, they're just, they kind of look locked in position. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fascia is, is, it's just thick and it's kind of holding their muscles in a very tight suspended, um, situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean that, that could be one aspect of why the body's tighter. Right, right, you know, right, right. Let's, let's go back to if about age 25 is when our bodies, um, up until about 25, our bodies create fluid to lubricate our joints all the time. It's creating synovial fluid. It's lubricating our joints automatically. You know, that's why kids and people up, up to 25 can just get up and go. Right. After about mid-20s, our body still creates the synovial fluid and the fluid to, you know, to lubricate our joints. But we have to stimulate that fluid um creation by moving our bodies so if we move our joints Mm -hmm. that stimulates the um the making this fluid and then we have to lubricate our joints manually by moving too so really it comes down to use it or lose it exactly wow okay (laughs) cool thank thank you for that use it or lose it sister um okay so where were we were talking about the fascia so fascia is connective tissue fibers primarily collagen that form sheets or bands in that Um, attaches, stabilizes, encloses muscles or separates muscles and other organs. Wow. Yeah. So let's say you hurt your, hmm, let's say you hurt your shoulder and everything is protecting, all your fascia is kind of protecting it, kind of bands together, tightens over there. Well, imagine that it's like a sweater and it's pulling for, you hurt your right shoulder, but it's pulling on your left hip because everything is connected. So you might start to feel really tight in your left hip, or you might start to feel a little bit of pain down there because everything kind of goes in a zigzag. So let's go back to um, this concept of the yin practice requires those outer muscles, right? We, we talked about the yang muscles, those juicier 
more fluid filled muscles. Mm -hmm. um, it requires those to relax in order to get deeper into those, um, those more yin like connective tissues and tissues. So we're going to do a little experiment. If you're driving, do this later, obviously. Um, but I'm going to try to, to cue it so that everybody can actually do this. So grab a finger. Well, okay. Stick out your pointer finger, your index finger on your left hand. Okay. And then really engage every, your whole hand. So make a fist. The finger's really strong. And then pull with your right hand. Pull the tip of your index finger out. And notice that it doesn't really do anything. Right. Okay. Now relax the rest of your hand, the left hand. With your right hand, you're pulling the tip of your index finger again. And look at the, the knuckle, the big knuckle mm -hmm. at the base of the, the finger. And you'll see a little divot. You see that? Yeah. As you yeah, pull yeah, 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 yeah. out. So once you've relaxed those muscles, the outer muscles, we can get into those joints. See how it does that? I like this. And it's then a engage fun game. that right hand again. No, sorry, the left hand again. Okay. And pull the tip of the finger with your right hand. Oh, yeah. It just, and it's, you don't see that divot. You it's can't like access. Excalibur. It's yeah. just the sword in the stone. <laughs> you can't access <clears throat> the joint. Mm. Fun, huh? Pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that trick. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see it. I can see it for myself. I yeah. like that. So another amazing aspect and benefit of the yin yoga practice is um, energy work. So it goes along the same theory as acupuncture, acupressure, um, the theory that um, it, the flow of energy in the body is vital to health. Mm-hmm mental health, physical health. And when we have stagnant energy, that's when our bodies, um, that's when we are prone to, you know, low energy, stagnant energy. That's when we're prone to illnesses and dis-ease dis right. <laughs> and just basically not feeling good. So yin is designed to improve the flow of energy in the body. So that improves organ health, immunity, emotional well-being, and when we fail to move our bodies outside of our habitual range of motion, so right. let's say, what is your day-to-day -day thing that you do? You wake up, you maybe stretch a little bit, you drive to work, you sit at a desk, whatever your habitual range of motion typically is. When you don't move your body outside, I know I'm kind of moving my body around right now. It just feels good. Whenever you don't move out of that range of motion, there tends to be stagnant energy, typically in the joints and in something called marma points. Mm. And marma points are where our energy channels in the body intersect. So are these like meridian points in a yeah. sense? Yeah. So in India, they're called nadi, N-A-D-I, nadi. Um, and in traditional Chinese medicine, they're called meridians. Yep. And so it's basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, they... Some schools of thought say there's over 72,000 energy channels within the body. Others say that there's maybe over 300,000. And basically, it's just there's too many to count. There's so many. Right. But it's just the the energetic flow, which makes total sense, too, because if you've ever heard our podcast and how deeply involved we are in the, the quantum physics of it, too, it's the energy and that you are energy. Yes. Yes. And so to have any blockages, energy and matter. if you have, if you have these energy blockages and you're not doing, I would say the maintenance that, um, it's, is that's really vital for you to have a, a clear flow. It really does cause like these problems later down the line. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm going to put a pause on the energy for now. We'll come okay. back to that in, in, in a few minutes. Cool, cool. But let's talk about the difference between yin and other kinds of yoga. Okay. So yin versus active classes, right? So it's obvious that the active classes, you're, you're moving the body more. In yin, there's no standing poses. There's, well, okay, there's one. It's called dangling. And usually you have your butt at the wall and you're kind of in a forward fold, just letting the body relax. Okay. But that's the only one. And the reason for that is when you're standing, you're using those outer muscles to hold you up, right? So you're really engaging and activating those outer muscles. Right. That's the opposite of what a yin posture should be, right? We want to relax those outer muscles so that we can target those deeper connective tissues. Mm -hmm. So yin practice is done completely on the floor and um, you're grounded. So whatever you're either you're sitting on or you're laying on, it's going to be grounded and then you move the body into these, these yin postures. And the difference between restorative and yin, uh, well, let's go to the similarities. The similarities are they're both quiet, held for a few minutes at a time, um, you use props. They both promote restful sleep. But the differences are restorative is used to restore, um, I hesitate to say unhealthy body, but let's just use that term for now to encompass a stressed out, injured, ill. It's a body um, in recovery. Maybe just not feeling like doing anything active. You're kind of in a restorative mode, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's used to restore a body back to normal health and vitality. And yin takes a healthy body and brings it to its optimal level. So that's the differences there. In restorative, you want to basically feel nothing like you're floating, totally um, supported by props. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Yin can be challenging because you are going to an edge where you are feeling sensations and you're holding for time. So it could be... Um, emotionally challenging as well as physically challenging. Oh, absolutely. It brings up a lot of emotions. Yeah. It's not designed to be comfortable. It's, it will take you outside of your comfort zone, although it should never hurt. Yoga should never hurt. Let me Mm -hmm. just say that. So I want to now talk about, um, you know, I've had students come up to me and say, I heard that yin yoga was very dangerous and to never do it. And I am a huge fan and huge advocate for yin yoga. However, I really stress the importance of that comfortable edge and honoring your body and really listening to the sensation. Sensation is information. And if you think you should be deeper in a pose because you were yesterday and you do it today and and the ego says, well, I'm going to go into the full pose, then that's where the yin practice can be um, can be dangerous yeah but i mean so could everything if you're not if you're paying attention and listening to your body in the sense that modifications listening to your body um really practicing with that inner awareness and Mm -hmm. that inner wisdom it can be it's it's a beautifully beneficial practice and you know you also you might hear someone saying well you're not supposed to stretch ligaments Absolutely. You're not supposed to stretch ligaments a little but putting stress on it is different. Mm-hmm. So stressing ligaments causes cells called fibroblasts to become active. And then they secrete the hyaluronic acid, which forms the joints in the synovial fluid. And this helps to lubricate the joint for movement. So just this little 
amount of stress on the ligaments not only will make it stronger, just like we were talking about with the muscles, a little bit of stress creates more strength, Mm -hmm. but you're also helping to lubricate the joints and have more um, range of motion and more freedom in the joints. Incredible. This is where, you know, when you sit for a long period of time, you become really stiff. And when you get up, it takes a few moments to kind of, well, for me anyway, takes a few moments to kind of get to where I can walk completely normal, right? It's like, oh, I just got to stretch a little bit. Right. Well, this helps to um, secrete that hyaluronic acid and, and, you know, stimulating these fibroblast cells. So there's so much going on that we don't even realize all these benefits that we don't even, you know, really pay attention to. But this is why after a yin class, you feel so amazing. Well, maybe an hour after. Right. <laughs> Sometimes right afterwards, you're like, oof. I always feel intense. I always feel better the next day after a yin class. And that's mm-hmm. be, and that's usually because the sleep that I and, and I usually do my yin at night. And uh, like you spoke earlier, how it promotes really, really good sleep, kind of like restorative yoga does. It's mm-hmm. one of those ones I'll all sleep incredible after a yin class. Mm-hmm. And sleeping incredible just completely changes everything that next day. And because we all know that when you have a rough night of sleep that day after that rough night, it's a lot more challenging than if you had a really good night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I always like that, that kind of, okay, I'm just going to lay here after a yin class and sleep really deeply and let the body just do its thing after, um, putting a little stress on, uh, from the yin. Yeah. And I mean, I really want to stress again, stress, you're going back to stress (laughs) that it's the appropriate stress, stressing of tissues. So this is, I mean, you really want to go to a teacher that knows their stuff. You really want to go to a teacher that encourages you to really listen to your body. Um, There's a lot of, there's some good videos online by a man named Bernie Clark. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. He is from Canada and he has, he's a very, very safe, awesome yoga teacher. Awesome. A yin yoga teacher. So I'll put that on there. Um, but coming back to the stress, so too much stress in tissues will cause degeneration, right? Too little stress can cause atrophy. And so muscle tissue responds really well to rhythmic contraction and release. So let's say we have those, whatever they're called, dumbbells, dumbbells barbells, barbells. Yeah. that's more of a rhythmic contraction and release. And those outer muscles really respond well to that. Connective tissue responds well to a slow and steady load. So this is where that that light stress, that mm-hmm. appropriate amount of stress is, is beneficial. And just knowing your edge and then letting gravity do its work and having that conversation with your body, these are all things that are in alignment with a good yin practice. Mm-hmm. And a good yin practice is so um, nice to balance out an active lifestyle as well. Well, everyone's just in such a, a race to get their workout in, you know, and then go on with their, their life so they can get to work or to their kids or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely one of those moments where it's very introspective and you're able to even find out more about your body just by putting yourself in these these uh, positions, these yin positions. Mm-hmm. So let's talk more about, let's go back to the energy channels and, and that the benefit of yin yoga on the energy channels. This is really exciting to me. Cool. So in India, they describe um, 11 nadis or energy channels by name and we always talk about the three main ones that are important which are the Ida, the Pingala and the Shishumna that goes right up the spine. In China 
they have um, like 71 of them, I think there are, but 14 of them are of more importance. And this is what you use when you go to traditional Chinese medicine. You have acupuncture, acupressure. Mm -hmm. And out of the 14 main ones, um, some correspond to a major organ. So we have our lower body meridians and our upper body meridians. And our lower body meridians are typically what we work with when we're in our yin yoga practice. And this is our liver, um, urinary bladder, spleen, kidneys, stomach. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, liver, liver, gallbladder, kidneys, urinary bladder, spleen, and stomach. And so you're stimulating and nourishing these energy channels that, um, that are corresponding to these organs. Mm-hmm. And in the body, we also have, like I said earlier, marma points. And this is where energy channels intersect. And this typically happens in the joints. So when we stimulate the, the marma points, or they're called marmani, um, it directly taps into this reservoir of energy and, and promotes health. So we're releasing stagnant energy throughout the body. And not only are we stressing the joints and you know creating more range of motion, but releasing energy throughout the body is like having... It's like going to the spa. You're just completely rejuvenated. Absolutely. Protecting your your ease about you. Mm-hmm. And energy work can stimulate the body's natural healing response. So not only is your immune system going to be boosted, but you have, um, you, you're quicker to recover from anything that may be going on. So the exciting part about yin yoga when Paul Greeley was diving into the energy aspect of it was he met a man called Dr. Hiroshi Motoyama. And he died a few years back at like 89, 89 years old. But he was a Shinto priest who holds a double PhD in sciences and physiological psychology. He was a, a healer, a psychologist, a philosopher, a scientist, and a spiritual teacher. Right. And yeah, he was raised by his mom, who was a yogini and a, a renowned psychic in, in Japan. Yeah, okay. So he started meditating at a young age and was encouraged to explore um, his psychic abilities and psychic gifts by his mom. And so he could actually see energy fields. This is back, you know, before I think he was born in like 1925. So this is a long time ago when he was a kid and he could see auras and energy fields. And he spent the last 45 to 50 years of his professional life before he passed away studying and documenting the mind-body connection. And in the past uh, almost 30 years now, him and his team found that there was an energy system that runs through the connective tissues of our body. And this energy travels through the meridian pathways of the ancient texts. So when you talk about traditional Chinese medicine, the meridian pathways are these energy channels. Going through the connective tissue parts. Yeah. Wow. So if his research and insight is correct, then what Western science had traditionally thought of as merely connective tissue may actually be vital meridian tissue that is more of a, a conductor of life-giving energy to all the cells and organs of the body. And it's very, very easy to get those locked up and not not pliable. Not through flowing energy. Right, freely. exactly. Yeah. So it's ancient mystics and science coming together, which you know, that's what I'm, I'm all about. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what Paul Greeley calls the meridian theory. So not only are we doing something super amazing physically, but we're releasing energy through the body and, and accessing a, a deeper part of our healing capabilities. This is so rad. So um, 
And I know in, especially in your yin class, you evolve, um, involve, sorry, a lot of Reiki into mm-hmm. your yin classes, all, okay, and all again, energy work and clearing of the energy. So, um, was that kind of like one of the main prompts for you to do this was once you've understood the Meridian theory by, uh, Paul Greeley, that you started to introduce a lot of this, the uh, hands-on Reiki healing in your yin classes? Well, Yes, but also it's just such a a beautiful time of holding a pose for three to five minutes. Mm -hmm. It's very quiet, very introspective. I was able to walk around and, you know, put my hands on the people in the class with Reiki flowing and be able to stay there for three minutes. Right. So that was the biggest. It's a very, it, it goes hand in hand. And also, you know, Reiki heals on physical, emotional mental and spiritual aspects of of a person so it just felt like it was a really good fit uh when are when is your yin with reiki classes at uh, yoga oceanside um so i teach saturday mornings at 10 30 a yin with reiki okay um and then i am i am also doing the any yoga teachers out there that want to come to the area i'm doing another yin yoga teacher training so it's a three-day um let's see about 18 hours so we get ceus continuing educated continuing education units awesome um and that is starting january 19th 20th and 21st so it is a saturday sunday and a monday um actually i think it's 20 hours i'm gonna do it i'll put that you're gonna do it again yeah i'm gonna do it again awesome. um how do i sign up you go to yoga oceanside.com <laughs> okay good uh no <laughs> i'll I, put all the links on the Um, on our show notes. I always get inspired, especially when we're talking about, you know, clearing the energy field Mm -hmm. with, within, I really, and, and, you know, that also for me, it's definitely like getting out into nature. That's a huge clearing for me as well. And then being able to like, of course, knowing what I'm doing, but doing a couple of yin poses, say at the beach, you know, outside and just not just allowing it to happen, going to a very comfortable edge that's a little stressful but not a lot and that yeah and that mindfulness is is so important all right so even if you are not a yoga teacher i'm also opening it up to people who are just they want to learn more about the yin yoga practice and the monday which is a holiday i believe it's martin luther king martin luther king jr day Mm -hmm. um the monday is a holiday and that is optional so you can choose if you're not a yoga teacher the monday is more of the teaching practicum um and more of the poses and, and diving into sequencing and everything. But the Saturday and Sunday are also suitable for, for yoga practitioners that want to learn more about yin. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. I got a lot to think about, Mel. <laughs> You're so friggin' smart. I, I love talking to you. Thanks. You're welcome. And um, everyone, have a beautiful week and, and enjoy your life. Happy Muse Monday. Take care. Peace.